Most people want to go get healthy. They want to go get wealthy. They want to go get happy and they want to go get worthiness. And here's the thing. You already are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. Applying your why allows you to be aware, as you suggest, what are we doing to interfere with it? Not going to get it. You already are connected to the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source. Allow it to come through you for others with appreciation, acknowledgement, and then ask for more to expand and grow aligned with what the universe does. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. Now this next guest had me writing so fast because I couldn't keep up with all of the knowledge he was dropping. A lot of you may know him as a best-selling author. Some of you may also know him as a co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as the CEO of Lee Steinberg's Sports and Entertainment Agency. He worked with some of the most amazing athletes we all know and love. Help me welcome David Meltzer to the show. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. And I'm Tristan, your host. I've got Dave Meltzer with me. And if you haven't heard of him, that means you probably don't have Google. So... This guy is an absolutely amazing human being, and he has some great experiences too. So take a look at him on Instagram, follow him, and David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And yes, I'm blessed to have very unique experiences and lessons that have come from those and really appreciative of anyone to give me the time to share those lessons so I can help empower other people with the dummy tax that I paid so that they can be happy themselves. I like that, man. Well, the one thing that caught my eye was it was a, a sentence when I was doing research on you that said your life mission was to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. Let's start with that. It's so important to me. In fact, as much as I'm on that mission, it's yet still uh, just beyond me. I had one of my oldest and best friends from elementary school kill himself one day after his birthday. Uh, and, you know, we, we're close friends and I'm just sitting here bewildered saying with all the things to help you with your mindset, your heart set and your handset, all the people out there that are willing to be supportive of you, yet so many people more than ever in every age group and every demographic are taking their own lives through anxiety, depression and fear. And this mission only can be accomplished, in my opinion, mathematically, meaning I'm looking for a thousand people like you, Tristan, that will empower a thousand to empower a thousand. And I know I won't get to everyone, uh, but I can create a collective consciousness with people like Sadhguru and yourself that we're all focused in on pragmatically helping people create abundance, make a lot of money, help a lot of people themselves, which is a key component, and not take themselves so seriously and have fun uh, to understand ignorant humility as well as ignorant arrogance and how they interplay with one another. All right. So ignorant humility. Talk about that, man. I don't usually hear that. Yeah. So I, I, I classify people in two realms and they're both ignorant realms. I think that we have, <laughs> I like that, you know, uh, 
there's the ignorant, humble people, uh, which I strive to be, uh, and I am most of the time, some minutes and moments I spend in ignorant uh, arrogance, but an ignorant, humble person uh, refers to Xander's rule six, which rule number six says, don't take yourself so seriously. You don't know what you don't know. As you probably from doing research on me know, I'm a math person. So I have to prove things with science or math. And one of the things about math that I know is there's trillions of data points in the universe, in this universe, and supposedly there's trillions of universes. So how the heck can you know uh, anything, right? How, how do you know what's gonna happen tomorrow? And so I use math as my cornerstone to say, look, I'm ignorant. I don't know what I don't know but I'm humble that I believe there is an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, however you define it spiritually, philosophically, or religiously. But I believe the majority of the time of my experience is that there's an all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient source that loves me as much as I love myself, that my mom loves me, or even I love my children. And based off of that, I can have ignorant humility that the pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes that come from my ignorance are promoting and protecting me, not punishing me. And this is a key cornerstone to being happy. The other one's ignorant arrogance. And the only dimension of ignorant arrogance is we know in our hearts that we don't know what we don't know. But out of fear, we project the fact that we're experts or we actually know what we're talking about. Just look at any of these silly, you know, prognotators of uh, sports, you know, they, they seem so sure on Sunday morning who's going to win. Right. And then the charges end up losing in overtime. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, but here's the most fearful thing I have about ignorant arrogance. And I've learned it from being a parent. Um, I used to think the ignorant, arrogant people were the ones I saw on the Sunday morning shows, you know, telling me that they know they're the experts, you know, on meet the press or on sports center, these experts, but really the ignorant, arrogant ones that have the most fear are the people that care most about us. And I learned that from being a parent myself, that mm. I am more afraid of something happening to my own children than to myself. Therefore, I pretend to make them feel secure that I know what the heck I'm talking about. Oh, you know, you should go to college. You should be a doctor, or a lawyer, or a fellow. Oh, you should eat mm. this. You should exercise. You know, that's true love can also push us into arrogant uh, ignorance. And so I think it's very important as an understanding of who we are and how, how to be happy that we have to be humble and also identify the minutes and moments we spend in arrogance. Dude, I, that's, that's really well said because I didn't, I wasn't thinking about when you said that, that you were talking about this aspect of it, because a lot of that ignorance, because we're so ignorant about it, it'll transfer over to who we're trying to help. And then we inadvertently hurt them, right? Because now that's part of their truth. Yeah, and then we end up being resented and offending them, you know, which is the antithesis of our intentions of the people we love the most. And this happens a lot of times with parents and children. Interesting. So your, your background is in sports, right? Obviously, you have an amazing background. And by the way, I figured you were a math person when I looked at your, your latest book. It's called Game Time Decision. I'm looking at it, Game Time Decision Making. And then I'm seeing the little chart. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy, this guy's definitely, I'm going to look at the title, <laughs> right? So I figured, and then I went deeper. I'm like, yep, he is. So when, when you look at your background, 
in sports, you've been able to apply that to businesses. And obviously we're talking about your children. You've been able to apply that to your family. What what have you seen has been crucial in helping you and those that you're surrounded with to be able to shift from that ignorant, humble to, to be more aware so you're not transferring that, that wrong energy? It's so important to understand, one, how awareness is formulated. Uh, awareness stems from vibration or frequency. We can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us. And so when we pursue our potential, when we have a desire that we must be what we can be, and this has stemmed from the years that I spent in sports around the biggest names in sports, these ultimate people with ultimate desire. You see, especially in sports, you can see that the skills and knowledge of a player only determine their basement. So take Ryan Leaf, who we represented. His skills and knowledge were so high that his basement was a starting quarterback in the NFL. But his desire determines his potential or his stealing, which if you look at Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, you know, all the greats have this extraordinary desire. I just had uh, Patrick McEnroe on my podcast and we were talking about his brother, John, who has a huge ceiling because he's hyper competitive, but we can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us. So how do we increase our vibration? By enjoying the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of this potential of our higher frequency. And so what I've done is to reconcile the spiritual belief, this you know, mm. unbelievable enlightenment or awareness to a pragmatic methodology based off of values and daily practices. I believe that we only should have daily resolutions based off of our new year resolutions, as well as our intermediate objectives and our long-term objectives. And that will help us know what we wanna do today who we can help and who can help us, how best to get it done with lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude to be efficient, effective, statistically successful. So why? So we can prioritize. See, prioritization is the antidote to procrastination and feeling overwhelmed. And if you can prioritize, you then can apply your why instead of the majority of the people on earth searching for their why when they already have it. You see, most people want to go get healthy. They want to go get wealthy. They want to go get happy and they want to go get worthiness. And here's the thing. You already are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. Applying your why allows you to be aware, as you suggest, what are we doing to interfere with it? Not going to get it. You already are connected to the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source. Allow it to come through you for others with appreciation, acknowledgement, and then ask for more to expand and grow aligned with what the universe does, expands and grows. It's not a zero-sum game. If you get, it doesn't mean someone else loses. There's an unlimited infinity of abundance, and we have to realize when we ask for more, especially if we appreciate it and give it away, we're going to get more, not because of a trade, because we're in a expanding universe that's not a zero-sum game. We are adding to the universe every time we ask for more. I see that. All right. So how do you identify? Well, I'll take it a little bit further back. I find when we're talking to business owners, solopreneurs, because that's who we're, we're, our audience is here, they, they have a challenge in growing their business, finding the harmony between that, their family, taking care of themselves, 
And all of a sudden you find them with, with a very unclear set of priorities. How do we identify those priorities? Because when you're telling me that the key is to enjoy that pursuit, right? Which I agree with you, dude, that was a really good sentence. How, how is it that we identify our priorities? How do we do that? Yeah, these are the daily practices that allow you to identify. Number one, start with what do I want today, taking into consideration, you know, my year, my midterm, my long-term objectives. What do I want today personally? What do I want today Mm. experientially? What do I want today giving-wise? What do I want to produce today? And most importantly, what do I want to receive? Uh, because obviously attention plus intention equals the coincidences. So when, once you know your what you want today, number one, it's a very reachable, unoverwhelming uh, prospect to just set out, this is what I want today. Then the next question to speed it up is, who can I help with what I want today and who can help me? See, the fastest way to get to where I want to be is to help others and ask others who already sit there for directions. Proven through, you know, study history. It's it's a proven philosophy. Then once you know the what and the who, you can start using pragmatic tools, discipline, strategy, and awareness in order to effectuate how to get it done. And how to get it done for me is the reconciliation of utilizing our time with three different perspectives, productivity, accessibility, and gratitude that we put towards what we have planned, what we don't have planned, and our sleep. I call this studying your calendar. So I put the Meltzer kaleidoscope of productivity of how much value am I going to be able to get out of what is planned here? How much accessibility, accessibility to other people? And how am I accessing what I want and who I can help and who can help me? And gratitude, how much light, love, and lessons? You know, most of people, one of the biggest tragedies they have is 80% of their time Mm -hmm. in their how is spent on things that bleed you. 80% of our time is spent on closed minds and things that bleed us. It's a natural attraction of the ego to fight and resist, to flee, fight, feed, and fornicate than it is to allow. And so I use these lenses in order to effectuate activity I planned. Is there activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for? You see, I don't even believe in work. I believe in activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for, because I will tell you, there are multiple people who have even offered to pay to do what I do, right? They will pay to do the activity I get paid for. And this is true about the second baseman with the San Diego Padres. I'd pay $2 million a year to play second base for the Padres. They still end up in last place. Uh, and they'd save, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they do. <laughs> they still, they, they would save 2 million on the guy that thinks he's going to work every day to play second base. We have to determine these activities in these realms, especially sleep. One of the other biggest tragedies, and I know you have this big entrepreneurial following and community like I do, how many entrepreneurs go to bed at night and wake up more tired the next day? That, and it's a third of your life, you're doing that. That blows my mind, brother, because think about this. If you and I go out to eat and we have this glorious meal, yesterday was my birthday, went to this glorious meal. Happy birthday, bro. Thank you. 54. But I went with my family to Tillman Fertitta's Mastro's. He's a friend of mine. He wrote that forward to the book you have in front of you. And Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here as I'm leaving the restaurant with all my children and my wife. And I looked at him and I said, what if I told you right now I was starving? 
what would you guys say? And they're like, there's something wrong with you. I said, then why is it that most people go to bed at night and they wake up more tired when they go to bed and they don't think anything of it? But you guys would think I was crazy if I told you I was starving right now after we had, you know, the, the oysters, the cake, the butter, butter cake alone should be reason never to be starving again. <laughs> uh, dude, thousand calories yes. a bite. When you're over 50, that, that's a scary proposition, but you got to at least have one bite. <laughs> yes, I agree. That's interesting, man. Yeah, I think I think we get so distracted by everything that that we we choose to place in front of us inadvertently, right? Like social media and, and people around us in our environment that those take priority over the things that should take priority. That's the challenge, right? Yeah. How? What about feeling overwhelmed? Like feeling overwhelmed is proof you don't know how to prioritize. See, I every time I feel overwhelmed, I say thank you. My wife's like, what, what are you feeling? Thank you. I, I've seen your to-do list, Dave. What are you saying thank you for? I said, because obviously the universe is giving me more than enough, more than enough opportunity, more than enough to do. This is where I want to live. I just have to focus in on what, I want from more than enough, who I can help, who can help me and how to get it done, which then allows me to prioritize by what's most important to me as a remembrance, a recollection, a reminder. Notice what these words mean. That means we're one, right? When we remember, we get back together. When we remind, it's one mind. When we recollect, we get back together. So I want to remember, remind, and recollect what's important to me and not allow urgency to be anything but a subset of what's important, not a priority to what's important. Dave, I can't write fast enough, dude. You, you're writing, you're you're dropping all these nuggets, and I I just gave up right there. That's I was why like, people okay. have to watch my so much because oh, they can't dude. get it the first time. But I do have exercises <laughs> and guides that I create and give for free. So well, where do I go? Me. Where would I go hey, to get David, that? David at dmelzer.com. Email me. All of these things I've created, guides, exercises, I'll sign my book, send it to you. This is my mission. So I know I talk fast and I know I hold a lot of dummy tax that I spew out. And you're not the first person to say, dude, I can't keep up. So I've already typed up the notes for you. So don't worry. All right, good. <laughs> I love it. Much easier. But but um, from what I am catching, I I think still the biggest challenge I find is that that I do hear a lot of entrepreneurs say, I'm overwhelmed, right? And I think part of that is going back maybe about five minutes when you're saying you you just had an amazing meal and you're still hungry. You just went to sleep and you're you're tired still. I think that that's important to just stop and say, hey, because we we had a sleep doctor on the show too. Now, tell me about that. How important is that aspect to just life? Because you dealt with the highest uh, physical achievers on the planet, right? How important is that? Yeah, and I uh, I may not be the most athletic, but I pride myself on being one of the most physical achievers for the production, the physical production that I create. And the majority of the reason is two things. One, I have a sleep mentor. Right. I, the most important oh. mentor I have is the sleep coach, uh, Dr. Mita Singh, who's the MLB sleep coach, the NFL. She, you know, helps me every day determine how, how can I maximize a third of my life? Because sleep, believe it or not, is about two things. One, obviously recovery. But what most people don't understand about sleep, it's also about access. See, I believe there's an omniscient, all powerful, all knowing source. 
And I know that I'm interfering with all that I have in abundance and limitlessness. And so part of that is while I sleep, my subconscious and unconscious are devoid of the conscious interference, the ego, the need to be right, offended, separate, as long as I can put myself into a position of recovery and access before I pass out. So my tomorrow starts today. I have an unwinding routine, which is most critical. Most people ask me about, and and this, you've heard this in, in our space, right? You know, all great successful people have a morning routine. What's your morning routine, Mr. Meltzer? No, all great people have an unwinding routine. They start there tomorrow today. They put themselves in a point of recovery and access. So I have at 9 p.m. because I want to make sure I'm passed out by 11 because I want to make sure I'm up by four and five hours is three cycles for me. And which have, you know, through coaching and testing and putting attention and intention on my sleep, I know how many cycles of sleep that I get a night. The minimum I can get is three. So I need at least five hours. I prefer to have four. But if I pass out before 11, I know I'll get three most of the time with no alcohol, no drugs, no caffeine, no negative conversations, you know, which means don't talk to your teenage girls before you go to bed. But, you know, don't watch the scary movies. Don't don't do these things. So you put yourself into a position mentally, physically and spiritually of recovery and access. You will not live the myth of Sisyphus. You won't be in Camus, the stranger rolling a boulder to the top of the hill every day just to have it hit the bottom the next morning. You will plateau and grow. You will hit a new frequency, a new vibration every morning that you can use as a baseline to determine the minutes and moments that you're spending in ego-based conscious, being more counterintuitive, counterproductive to yourself. So that unwinding routine, and the reason I have a sleep coach is to make sure that when I pass out, usually about five to 10 minutes after nine now, uh, because I just have been in this routine for 16 years, uh, no matter if I'm in different time zones, I control the light, the temperature, the food, the intake mentally, the energetic surroundings so that I pass out at nine. I start to unwind and pass out very close to 9 p.m. Pacific time. So midnight when I'm on the East Coast, I may shave an hour when I go to the UK to be 2 a.m. But because I can handle three cycles of sleep, I am very productive, accessible, and gracious with my time. And I wake up every morning at a new plateau, not like a boulder at the bottom of the hill. What time are you typically waking up since you're going at 9? 4 a.m. 4 a.m. All right. But you're giving yourself enough sleep to make sense. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. and I But I will go on streaks where it's 11 p.m. to 4 a.m., three cycles, especially when I'm in Asia, when I'm you know traveling abroad where the time zones don't mesh. So what I do is I play with three cycles and four cycles and I do shorter trips as well. Um, so these are very pragmatic tools that I use to facilitate being able to do the things that I wanna do and be able to be as efficient, effective, and statistically successful at them. Dude, I, I love that. And to put it into perspective for everybody, just a reminder, he he also said, sleep is one third of your life. So <laughs> this is why it's so important. The unwinding routine. I love that. Can you go into a little bit what the unwinding routine looks like? Because you mentioned a little bit, but what does it look like? So for for me, and it is a matter of temperature, 67 degrees. Uh, It's a matter of darkness. So no blue light. 
right? It's a matter of energy, no negative energy, which is books, TV, podcasts, conversations. It is absolutely no drugs, alcohol, caffeine, anything along the realms of a stimulant, uh, right? We want to put ourselves, and I will tell you that it's so much fun for me who has been in this routine for 16 years and very consistent about it, which means I only miss a few times. <laughs> that, okay. you know, It's like with faith, I tell people, I, I have so much faith, but I wish I could have it all the time, right? I, I, and just like my ego, I wish I didn't have a need to be offended but, you know, I can't tell you when it's your birthday and somebody that you love doesn't wish you a happy birthday that my immediate reaction is as enlightened as I'm supposed to be and as hypocritical as I know I am as a humble, ignorant person. Man, I got so hurt that, you know, certain people didn't at least text me, hey, happy birthday, brother. You know, and instead, yeah. I'm just wasting time, energy, focusing on what I don't want. So I think it's important to realize we're human. We're given this embodiment. We're here to learn lessons and through this unwinding routine that you're only as consistent as you can. That's why I teach coherence, which is remembering what you want and doing it. But 67 degrees, darkness, uh, energy. It, you can also use different pillows and blankets. That's all personal to your own posture and your own sleep habits. I would suggest getting a sleep apnea test as well. So I've spent you know, a, a lot of time, energy, emotion, value, and money in determining how I sleep, having a sleep coach uh, so that you can have an adaptable routine is number one important routine to have is an unwinding routine. The next most important routine is an adaptable routine. And the reason is, if you want to make God laugh, come up with a well-developed routine or plan and he'll make sure he screws that up for you. So you, <laughs> so you can counteract you can counteract it with an adaptable routine. So I have an adaptable routine based off of my non-negotiables which have time restraints on them, minimum of an hour a day on my health. Let me give everybody the number one entrepreneurial advice. Spend a minimum of an hour a day on your health every day for the rest of your life. If you are healthy, you get the most powerful of all assets for entrepreneurs, and they're called wishes. They're called wishes. You get millions of wishes if you're an entrepreneur and you're healthy. If you are unhealthy, as Steve Jobs proved us, one of the greatest entrepreneurs ever to live, you only have one wish. Even if you're Steve Jobs, if you're unhealthy, you only get one wish. So make sure you spend a minimum of an hour a day on your health, then spend a minimum amount of time a day with your family. Two minutes a day with those teenage girls are worth more than two hours on a Saturday, and they like it a lot better. They don't want to hang out with you more than two hours on a Saturday. Every once in a while, maybe, if you're spending a ton of cash on them. But trust me, these <laughs> girls, two, two minutes a day is enough, but it aggregates and compounds like everything else. And then even with your mom, another piece of advice, mm -hmm. I, I spend a min minimum, and I got to stress minimum because there's a lot of attack haters out there. They're like, you only spend two minutes a day with your teenagers. You're a horrible dad. I'm like, no, minimum. And I'm a realist, but it's every single day and I don't miss. But I spend a minimum of a minute a day with my mom. And I tell her only four things every day. Mom, I'm calling you to tell you how healthy I am. I'm calling to tell you, I get choked up, how happy I am. I'm calling to tell you that I appreciate you because I wouldn't be so happy and healthy if it wasn't for you. You have added so much value to my life. And lastly, mom, I love you. And by telling my mom those four things, I have re-engineered my entire relationship with her into one 
of complete ease. I she, I don't have to do anything to prove I'm happy, healthy. I appreciate it, love her. So I don't have to drive down to San Diego, fix her screen door. I can just pay someone to do it. And instead of having to drive there and back three hours and improve that I'm happy, healthy, appreciate it, love her. It's Dude, no more. None of that doesn't exist. That is a sick hack, man. Holy cow. That's so simple. I think that's that's my big aha, but I'm pretty sure we're not finished yet. So keep universe going. Universe loves simple. Go. <laughs> universe loves simple. So you know something simple. You're you're mathematically with metaphysics, quantum physics, and physics. Simple is the way. See, the universe is at ease. Read something like Michael Singer's surrender experiment. The man sold and exited for over a billion dollars, and all he wanted to do was live in his shack and meditate. But he learned the secret of simplicity and the secret of trusting the universe. And of course, the law of Goya, getting off your ass and figuring out what you're doing, <laughs> doing to interfere and doing to interfere with it. That's funny. That's a very funny law. Yes. Uh, so let, let's go back to something we brought up at the beginning here, because I'm looking at my notes and from the very first few minutes we talked, I could already see where we're going into priorities and routines. And I'm assuming because you've dealt with the best athletes in the world, that's how they consistently grow, priorities and routine, what you prioritize and how those routines help you to prioritize those things. So how do you keep them on target? Because one of the other things that you said was desire, right? That desire is determining your your trajectory and your success in essence. So tell me, tell me all that because I want to know, man. Yeah, the secret sauce, right? I probably am, am blessed. I've been around more, you know, billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers at the highest level than probably anyone on earth. I've just been blessed to be there. And people ask me, what's that common denominator? It's the desire that you must be what you can be. And when you have a desire that you must be what you can be, your purpose will always outweigh the pain, setback, failure, or mistake. When you have a desire that you must be what you can be, it makes you more consistent every day, aggregating, compounding good habits upon one another and identifying the bad habits and dissolving, dissipating, and shifting those bad habits. When you have the desire that you must be what you can be, you're most persistent. You'll never quit. And you'll just evolve, you'll pivot or move towards knowing that you're being protected and promoted by learning lessons through accountability. Asking yourself, what did I do to attract this to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? You'll adhere to gratitude with the desire that you must be what you can be to live to your potential, to find the light, the love and the lessons, but still be pragmatic enough to say, is this feeding me or is this bleeding me? right? Not being in the 80% of spending that desire on what bleeds you, but instead allowing it to fall away or firing it from your life, knowing you'd rather people hate you for who you are than love you for who you're not. By feeding that which feeds you also accelerates, expands, and grows exponentially the what you want, who you can help, who can help you, and how to get it done, allowing you to prioritize what's important and apply your why. This desire that you must be what you can be 
is fueled by motivation, the ability to get up, get back up, get started and get back started. What I call the first five minutes, I became an expert at the first five minutes because nobody wants to get started. They don't want to get back up. How many workouts have you got and said, I don't want to do this. I don't, you know, and then you get started and the first five minutes suck. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, when you're done, you're like, so grateful and happy and feel great. And, you know, I've never finished a workout and said, oh, that I wish I didn't do that. But there was plenty (laughs) when I started saying, I wish I wasn't going to do this. Well, it's true. All right. So what happens when the desire isn't there? Is that when the routines kick in and just jump into the process? This is so important because people get confused about inspiration, which is that desire that can get you there in spirit. When there's nothing interfering between you and the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that comes through you, we have to use motivation. And believe it or not, fear, which is something that I try to clear, is a motivator. But we have to understand that some things that motivate us, get us up, get us started, get us back started, also are draining. They're they're soul-sucking. So I'm very cognizant of the difference between motivation and the tools And habits that are necessary to motivate me compared to those that inspire me that will get me there. So some of the mechanisms that I use with motivation is I will use the routine. I will use daily practices. I also use fear, right? The fear of missing out, the fear of what other people think, you know, all the basic fears that you have. uh, And I counteract that so it doesn't last too long with lowering the bar because you know, studying physics, metaphysics, and quantum physics, you have to study Einstein and all the great physicians of the world. They'll talk about movement and getting started. So I have now just used little ounces of drain soul-sucking fear or motivating things in order to effectuate me getting started, knowing that once I get started, I will then pursue and transition into this inspiration. So if I was having difficult working out, I'd maybe set it goal of I'm going to put my shoes on my running shoes on tomorrow. That's it. And then the next day put my socks on and within two weeks I'll be running, you know, but meanwhile, what happens is once I get started, it's just natural. You know, I'm going to put my clothes. I'll just go for a 15 minute jog. Next thing I know, I get a good 30 minute workout in when, if I would have said, I got to run 30 miles, I mean, 30 minutes today, I would have stayed in bed. But since I just promised myself that I put my shoes on, I got started And then I allow the universe to pull me through it or inspire me to do it. I like that. That that always reminds, when I hear that, it always reminds me of the book. If you give a mouse a cookie. I love that book. Right. You give it. And then it's like, keeps going, right? It's like, it starts with one simple action. Yeah. So that's interesting, man. Yeah. Taking action, I think is the one, the one thing that, that a lot of us forget. It involves that movement, the energy, right. To get us going. You said a magic word. And the main thing that I'm teaching in 2022 is a word called coherence. Coherence is working with by number one, remembering. Watch how many times you say, well, we forget. We forget to say thank you. We don't forget that this works. We forget to ask for help. We forget. So I want to teach people taking a step back beyond the consistent, persistent pursuit into how do I get you to remember and to do? Because you're not going to do it if you don't remember it, if you don't have a system in order to remember it. And that's why I created a 14-day gratitude challenge, for example, because saying thank you is the most powerful thing we can do. 
Everybody agrees. I'm go read history from the greatest thought leaders to the greatest entertainers, athletes. Gratitude is a steadfast. In fact, this, you know, on my mission to empower people to be happy, I want to reiterate this to everyone. The only common denominator of happiness between the rich and the poor, the sick and the well, the tall and the short, the light and the dark, the sexual preferences that exist today, the only common denominator is gratitude. That's the only one. You cannot be happy unless you're grateful. And so as powerful as that is, I forget to say thank you sometimes. And watch how hard it is. I have a 14-day gratitude challenge. Watch how hard it is to remember just to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. It takes 0.1 seconds and it's absolutely free. It takes no physical exhaustion at all. But yet by tonight, even though everyone's shaking their head yes at you and me right now going, oh yeah, gratitude's amazing. I got to say thank you. By tonight, half of the people listening right now won't say thank you, even though they agree with us fullheartedly. By tomorrow morning, another half of us won't say thank you, even though they agree with us fullheartedly, 0.1 seconds for free. And within three days, almost all of us, including maybe me, will forget to say thank you one of those days. I'm mm. not joking. Coherence is an antithesis of the natural conscious state of mind in which we exist, meaning we somehow resist remembering what's best for us and doing it. Why is that? Ego. We are afraid of what we're connected to and through. That we are given a body, we are here to learn lessons, and we are afraid to admit that the body, that our purpose here, the only thing that's going to die in our lifetime is limitations. That's the only thing that's going to die. And the ultimate limitation that you've been given is the body. And we are afraid to say the body is the limitation. We are connected to and through the greatest source of power, light, love, and lessons, the omniscient, all-powerful infinity that exists. That terrifies us. So what, what do we do instead of allowing it to come through us in pure happiness and abundance to help other people and to create abundance and make money and have fun? We go ahead and create all this interference. So we purposefully get in the way and don't remember gosh, I should spend a 0.1 seconds being grateful for what I'm connected to and through. I should take care of my body. I should take care of my family and call my mom and tell her these things, even though it takes a minimum of a minute. We just forget. We subconsciously and unconsciously are afraid and we create this interference. So we just don't do it or we forget to do it. What are the most common interferences you see that business owners and 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 athletes because you worked with them what are those interferences that they create on their own what's the drama they create yeah absolutely the need to be right the need to be offended the need to be separate inferior and superior the need to be anxious worried angry resentful Ooh. and guilty Th those are the top ones notice i know them by heart because i made yeah. a science I, made I couldn't write fast enough, David. Yeah. I couldn't I write it fast it, enough. It. Damn it. I got it typed out uh, <laughs> for you. But the I, I made it a practice of learning the most common things I was doing to interfere. Because if I could identify, you know, take worry or complaining, for example, you realize that is a duplicative problem because not only does worry create interference, but it also manifests what you don't want 
you know, if you worry about something, I proved this in law school, by the way, I worried about the rules of perpetuity being on my exam. First question. I worried about being on the bar exam. First question. I cannot be an accident. And Oh, here's the best part of that. So in my fifties, I decided to prove my point. I must've spent hours and hours worrying about the rules of perpetuity. I never could learn it. And in my fifties, when I learned about interference, I said, I wonder how long with no interference, no pressure, no resistance, no care about the rules of perpetuity, how long it would take me to learn it? 15 minutes. Life and being plus 21 years. And I learned it in 15 minutes. I spent at least 15 days worrying about it. So not only did I create interference, so I couldn't learn it, but I actually manifested it to be the first question on two tests that were important. (laughs) Well, there you go. We create our own interferences, right? Mm-hmm. That's nuts, man. That's nuts. So then how do we how do we work on that? Is it something that we have to take action on? I'm assuming take action on daily and then just grow into it? Or how does four, it work? Four steps. One, start identifying the things that you do to interfere with feeling good. Start identifying the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful. Start identifying it. And then instead of resisting it, going over it, under it, through it, around it, lying to it, manipulating it, cheating it, stop instead. See, our natural reaction is to resist, right? Is to fight, to go over, under. No, 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 no. See, when you identify one of these ego-based consciousnesses, your mind, your body, and soul are on fire. The blood has removed itself from the brain And now you do not have the fuel to utilize your higher power of thinking because it has no fuel. So instead of trying to fight it with no fuel, stop, breathe through the nose, out through the mouth, drop down to center and neutral. Remember that baseline of the day, the plateau and grow, no more myth of Sisyphus, drop down to that new baseline, drop down to center and then. And remind, remember, and recollect what you want, who you can help, who can help you, how to get it done, prioritizing what to do now by what's most important and applying your why. So in other words, when your mind, body, and soul are on fire because of these needs of the ego, stop, drop, and roll, just like your mom taught you. When you're on fire, <laughs> stop, drop, and roll. That's so good. All right, we got three, uh, two minutes here. Tell me about worry, because I think this, that worry it is something that we all share, right? At different parts of our life. How can we tackle that? Is that the same thing? Like once we become aware of it, how, how do we go from there? Well, there's two things to worry. One, know that it's wishing for what you don't want. So think of worrying as a wish. So why would you wish for what you don't want? I'm wishing for the rules of perpetuity to be on my test by worrying about it. No, 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 no. Stop, drop and roll. But here's the interesting thing. And this applies to a lot of the feelings that we have. So when you have one of these ego-based consciousness or feelings, remember that logic can never overcome a feeling. See, the subconscious hosts feelings with no logic. So what we try to tell ourselves, and I'm sure everyone's going to remember saying this in one time in their life, don't worry, don't worry, let it go, let it go, don't worry. No, 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 that's logic. That doesn't work. The way that we counteract the feeling is by doing, by doing. And I will tell you the only solution I know to be true in an activity uh, in order to counteract or overcome a negative feeling is to do good. 
So go outside, pick up some trash, go hug your kid, smile, do something. It will change the way you feel. It will dissolve, dissipate, and ruin the worry when you do. But if you sit there using logic, you're just adding fuel to the fire because you remember when you're worrying, there's no blood in your brain. You don't really have any logic and it will not overcome the higher vibrating feeling that you have. In fact, when I teach people about the mathematical equation of luck, what you pay attention to, focus in on your vision boards, your whatever it is, and then give intention to, and most people think of intention as what we think, say, do, and believe. The most important thing in intention is feel. So I want you, if, if you have certain things that you want to manifest, you want to use the mathematical equation of luck, attention plus intention equals the coincidences in your life. If you want to utilize that, then when you're giving your intention, when you're thinking, saying, doing, also feel. I'll give you an example. My daughter's waiting for her stretch schools, you know, been accepted to every college she applied to. The ones that are left over are the stretch schools. You know, you know, those schools, I'm not giving them credit because they all rejected me. So I'm not going to name their names, uh, but she was taking this language, you know, about, well, I probably won't get it. I, whoa, whoa, cancel that. I won't let her do it. I said, not only are you going to think, say, and do that you're in already, but I want you to think about what it feels like to get that acceptance letter, not just visualize the acceptance there. I want you to see what it feels like walking through this Ivy League tower. You know, I want you to see and feel and think and believe all together. I want you to feel it as if it's already there. Now you're increasing your statistical success of coincidences of people saying, man, that Dave Meltzer doesn't seem too smart. He doesn't seem that tall or handsome. How the heck does he get everything he wants in life? How is it he's so lucky? Because I pay attention and give intention to the coincidences I want, or I wouldn't be here. And I'm living proof of what that means. And it's such a pleasure to be here to do this for everyone else. Well, David, thank you so much for being on. Everybody listening on, follow him on Instagram. He's got an amazing Instagram channel, David Meltzer, 400,000 plus followers. David, thanks for being on. We appreciate you. That's a blessing and you're a blessing. Remember everyone, be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. It's simple. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it. <laughs>